Valentine's is coming. Where is your boyfriend? <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Semi Scribbled Podcast. I'm your host, Akini, and today we're going to talk about More Than Enough by Elaine Welteroth. Let's get into it. Now, I must admit that I was a little bit apprehensive about reviewing a nonfiction book, but I had this book on my TBR, and you know, 2021 is all about clearing out our TBR, and I was really interested in reading about Elaine Welteroth, especially after seeing her wonderful wedding pictures all over Instagram last year. She got married in the middle of the pandemic, but it was a great socially distanced wedding and it was out on the street. It looked really lovely. And I wanted to know about the woman behind that wonderful concept. I was apprehensive because nonfiction books that are autobiographies, and I'm going to get back to that note a little bit later, are sometimes not very enjoyable to read. Sometimes you feel like there's a lot not being said or they're just saying exactly the same things that you have heard before in various forums or they're trying to paint a narrative of themselves. Cough, cough, politicians who usually release autobiographies just before their campaigns. But this is a little bit different because this is after Elaine had already done so much with her career and I said let me just give it a try because it has a long list of celebs who have endorsed the book including Malala Yousafzai, uh, Yara Shahidi, Ava DuVernay does the forward. I think I saw it uh, on Instagram on a few people that I follow and who I trust their taste So I said, let's go ahead and read it. More Than Enough, Claiming Space for Who You Are, No Matter What They Say, by Elaine Walterworth, was published in 2019, before Corona. So it's filled with a lot of optimism, but it's also not a naive rendition of the 2000s, because this is when Elaine actually was... um, working or began to work and it's not just about her working life we also get to know about her friendships we get to know about the relationships or the significant relationships that she shares with us in the book and we also get to know about her mom and dad which I found really endearing when I started reading the book the beginning chapters of course starts off when Elaine was born, but she takes us a little bit further and gives us the story of her mom and dad and how they met, noting that her mom is Black American and her dad is white or Caucasian. And for me, that was the best love story (laughs) in the book. Other people can debate, but it was really interesting to see how they met. They were put together actually by Elaine's grandmother, Uh, Elaine's grandmother used to work with Elaine's mother and she said that she should go on a date with her son and without giving up too much it was uh, a good match at the end of the day and I was like that's a really good love story and a good background for us to get introduced to Elaine. This book is dedicated to 
every girl who aspires to be great and to every woman who helped Elaine realize that we already possess the greatness that we seek. When I was reading the book, I was trying to argue with myself or I was trying to determine where we would slot this book in the different categories. And something in the back of my mind kept telling me this is not an autobiography. This is not an autobiography. Even though it fits the markers of one, the way it's written is very conversational. It's not like just narrating what happened in the past or what Elaine has been through, but she always brings it back into the present and leaves each chapter with a quote at the end that sort of bolsters whatever principle that she's discussing in the chapter. I only admitted or I only agree begrudgingly that it is an autobiography because when I read the acknowledgments, she acknowledges her older brother, Eric. She actually says that he was the only person to call her out about writing an autobiography at the age of 32. And age will also come up uh, a little bit later when we talk about uh, this book. As I said, I'm skeptical about autobiographies, unless it's like autobiographies of people like Winnie Mandela, because I believe Winnie Mandela received a bad rap and lots of autobiographies that I've read about her have actually exposed me to who the real Winnie Madikizela Mandela uh, was and to actually understand her effect, to actually understand what she brought to the, to the liberation struggle in South Africa and how much support she gave Mandela while he was away and how much support she gave to the ANC. Things that if you read any other biographies or autobiographies don't come out quite clearly. I do tend to go for autobiographies by women because I believe that that's the only way we can get the true story about women who make history in one way or the other. So mostly in the political realm. When it comes into the business realm, I'm a little bit skeptical about autobiographies there. I'm a little bit skeptical about self-help books because I feel like they're saying the same thing in different words and they're trying to put their own spin on it. But this book doesn't do that. This book does a lot more than that. It's very honest. It feels very authentic when you read it. Elaine does not hide the good, the bad, the ugly. She tells everything to us. I'm also skeptical about self-help books, I guess, and autobiographies because they tend to tell us that you have to work hard, but they don't tell us how hard to work or what steps you need to take. This is what I always tell people who are around me. I say, I don't want people to tell me that getting somewhere is hard. I know that it's hard. What I would like from a so-called self-help book or from an autobiography is to know the steps that that individual took to get where they were and how they navigated the pitfalls in that. Let me tell you, More Than Enough definitely does that. Elaine doesn't hide her journey in accepting herself as a Black woman. She doesn't hide the fact that when she was a child, she didn't really consider how important race was until it started affecting her and her friendships. And I think that is honest. It's very honest and real. It is definitely relatable. The journey that she takes in loving herself and accepting her aspects of herself, such as her hair, how curly it is, such as her body type, all these things, she shows us how she navigated to getting to a point of acceptance and how it's an everyday thing to acknowledge and come to terms with. 
But more than that, I love that she doesn't paint herself as a heroine in this book. Most autobiographies try to tell us how amazing and wonderful and whimsical <laughs> the subject of the book is. But in More Than Enough, Elaine gives us a play-by-play -play of how she became one of the youngest editors-in-chief at Condé Nast, not to mention the first Black beauty editor in its 100-year-plus history. And getting there started with an internship. And getting that internship at Ebony, which was a completely, totally different publication than any publication done by Condé Nast. The decision that she had to make between choosing the Ebony internship and the Essence internship. In explaining to us how she arrived at her decision and how a lot of things also came into play. I always wonder when people tell us how they achieved a particular milestone, if you could be able to recreate exactly the same conditions. And people who try to tell me it can be done exactly the same way that they did it, I know that they're hiding a few things. Elaine really comes out and shows us that serendipity, call it luck, call it karma, call it divine intervention, did come to play, especially in the beginning of her career. So for example, okay, let me back up and say the girl worked hard. I mean, Elaine worked hard when she was trying to secure an internship in the fashion world. I'll also pause here to say if you are a fashion girl guy, if you're interested in fashion, if you're interested in magazines, if you're interested in that whole world of Condé Nast and Vogue and Essence, you need to read this book. I think you'll enjoy it immensely. Um, so getting back to the internship, Elaine was very clear from the beginning about what she wanted to do. Her main or general goal was to get to work within the fashion industry via the magazine because she had studied journalism and, and communications and things like that. So she knew she has to get in via an internship in order to get into the building. And when we're talking about this building, it wasn't even a Condé Nast publication. This was for Essence. Prior to that, after she graduated, and girl, a lot happened before this girl graduated. <laughs> which we will touch on because that is life. Life is not linear where you're just in school and nothing else is happening to you or where you're just having fun with your friends and there's no school. Like life is wholesome. There are different facets. There are different planes. Everything is happening at the same time. She demonstrates that in the book. Getting back to this point that I want to make is that she really did work hard she wrote letters, she called and she kept calling. Rejection was not something she was afraid of. And it was not something that took her back into a corner where she was like, okay, I tried and it's all working. Elaine really just kept going for it. And that verb, I love that this is coming out in the book, especially for younger readers who are going to access this book. It comes out like, it's okay to try and not get it the first time. Just keep trying. Just keep trying. If you try with intention, if you try with doing your research and having all these things combined that might not be enough in themselves, that ability to keep trying, to keep working is what might open a door for you. And that's exactly what happened for Elaine. She identified somebody that she wanted to work with. Her name was Harriet. She kept writing to her. She kept calling her assistant, who was very cold and told her, she's busy. You can't get her. And she kept calling. And she was willing to do anything, including traveling from her town 
to the offices in order to have just a lunch meeting with this person. And eventually it worked out. Now that was step one. Step two, she was invited to a photo shoot by this lady because they spoke over the phone and they had a good conversation. And that could have been the end for Elaine. She was grateful for it and she was happy and she was taking notes (laughs) during that phone call. But where serendipity comes in is when she went to assist in a photo shoot, which also took some doing. She had to leave her town. She had to wake up early. She was working double jobs. She had to find time off off work to do this. She went over and by serendipity, she found somebody that she knew there who eased the process for her in terms of getting to know everybody else on set. When I read that, and I also listened to this on audiobook, that scene came up. I said, okay, I'm very willing and ready to dive into this book because this sounds real in that it's not just a simple these are the steps that you need to take she's also trying to highlight that you need to seize opportunities and opportunities combined with lots of other things can get you to where you're going but never give up is the main background in other words getting to realize your dreams is a process not just a destination yes you will get to the destination of achieving what you had set out to do but the process getting you there is also dream making and that came out quite clearly in several chapters in the book. One thing about me or I'm realizing about myself is that if it's not literary fiction, it's not a narrative, I would like to be able to jump from a chapter of the book to another. And I did this a lot with More Than Enough. There are some chapters which are my favorite chapters, which come at the end when she's actually realizing her dream. And there are chapters that I actually went back to in the beginning to understand the decisions that she makes at the end. Another wonderful thing about this book is that Elaine touches on money and negotiations. <laughs> I'm the first to admit I am horrible at these two things. I'm horrible at understanding my value. I'm horrible at negotiating the price points that I should be paid at. From reading this book, I realize that it's not unique to me. It's definitely something that is harder for women than for men. She gives us examples of where she failed herself or where she fell short of advocating for herself. She explains to us how she understood that she should advocate for herself. And that was through one of her very first mentors. And then we see her actually putting that into play, not immediately because this is not a fairy tale, but several years later when the opportunity comes up for her to be able to do it, she then executes what she learned the very first time that she failed to negotiate. And that to me is wonderful because it also goes to show that the lessons that we learn along the way are painful and we don't get to rectify or execute these lessons that we learn immediately but we still need to have them in our arsenal I guess that's for me (laughs) maybe not for everybody but for me that really inspired me to tell myself that all is not lost I might still have an opportunity to renegotiate and to actually get the value that I know I deserve. There are three other aspects that I really like to talk about in this book. Definitely romance is going to be the last thing that I talk about. But the first two are knowing your tribe, finding friends, and navigating friendship as you are pursuing your dreams or figuring out what your purpose is. The second thing I want to talk about is knowing when not to say things. (laughs) Elaine has a cast of friends 
who come in and out of her life, not really falling out, but she meets new people with each stage that she gets to. She really does a good job in terms of making friends and allowing space for friends in her life, even as she's trying to achieve this dream that she has set out for herself that stood out because sometimes we think very linear and we think that we will achieve all our dreams all by ourselves, you know? (laughs) Sometimes you can have that mindset that I can do this, I'm going to do this all on my own. Sometimes you can, you can do it on your own, but it makes it easier if you have friends around you, especially if you can discern who the right type of friends are, the friends that she has, how she carries some of them through with her to the end, how these are people who are there to comfort you, but are also there to celebrate with you in ways that you didn't even think about celebrating. And that warmed my heart a little bit into knowing that not everybody is there to stab you in the back, that you can find a group of people that will help you realize your dreams. They might not pave the way. They might not network you because um, sometimes we conflate networking into friendships or we minimize friendships only in terms of networking. This book clearly shows you that you can have both and you should have both because they have different roles to play. One of the best parts of the book for me was when Elaine talks about her age. She's writing this autobiography at 32. She started working straight out of college. She was getting promotions at 29. I mean, I was like, she's doing things at such a young age. And a lot of that is attributed to the fact that she was quite focused. She knew exactly what she had to do to get to where she was going, even though the finite steps were not clear to her. For example, she knew that she needed to get an internship in one of the fashion publications. She knew that she needed to work. She knew that she had to be there early, leave late. She really was dedicated and focused in that way. I would think that her being young and doing so much at a young age that she would be revered for that. And she is because why we actually know her and why we're trying to read about her life is because she was one of the youngest editors-in-chief at Condé Nast, uh, let alone being the first black one, um, first black beauty editor, I mean. But there were people (laughs) in there along the way who didn't think that her age was an advantage. This comes out clearly in one instance where she's having lunch with somebody else. They're having a good lunch. It's a business lunch. Things seem to be going really well. She misses a reference for a song or something like that. And so her lunch companion starts to ask her things like, when did you graduate? And how long have you been working? And then just straight out asks her, how old she is. And when she says that she was, I think, 23 or 22 at the time, her lunch companion quickly makes an excuse and leaves lunch and leaves her with the bill. And I was like, okay, (laughs) that resonated for me. Not the exact scenario, but in my other life, because this is my creative life, but in my other life, professional life, whatever you'd like to call it, there are instances where my age and what I've managed to accomplish have been used against me. It was very strange for me. And there are sacrifices that come along with it, which Elaine does point out in the book, to see that happening to her and her course correction, where she tells herself that 
she made the decision never to tell anybody her age again because it was detrimental to her relationships with people within that field. Of course, she got stuck with that bill and she learned more than just having to pay for that money when she wasn't in a position to actually afford that bill in the first place. It really got me thinking in terms of learning what to say and what not to say, really ensuring that you keep some things to yourself. Not everybody needs to know everything about you, which is something I think I need to learn. <laughs> but in this instance, she did not tell anyone her age ever again. In fact, she went to the point where she would book her own travel, even when she had assistants who could do that, just so she was sure that nobody would know how old she was. And that really points out to me that there are some things that you need to be the custodian of especially if they're going to create some friction within the working environment, which is a little bit difficult for me because I'm an oversharer, but that was a good lesson to learn. So finally, let's get to the juicy stuff, the romance. We get to know about three main relationships that Elaine goes through. There's her first love, who she, she met at the age of 14 or started dating at the age of 14, and the things that he put her through, you can imagine what your first love puts her through and the decisions that she made based on this first love, including where she went to university. It was interesting to see that, her growing out of that. The second relationship is somebody who she calls her future husband. He's what I say, perfect on paper, very difficult to make work practically. He was an investment banker. He bought her diamond earrings. He flew her to the city where he was working. I mean, sounds like a very nice, you know, sex in the city type of romance. Sounds very, you know, New York type city romance, jet setting, red eye thing. But we get to find out that he wasn't what he seemed. And she also has to extricate herself from that relationship even though it was quite hard because it seemed like they were aligned in so many ways. They used to work hard. They had a good circle of friends. But the part of her journey of realizing her dreams also meant being sure and knowing who to let go of or who wasn't helping you be your best self in order to achieve your dreams. And then finally, we get to know Jonathan, who is who she ends up with at the end as her husband. So it was really great reading about the romance as well because achieving your dreams is, does not happen in isolation, as I've said earlier in this episode. Life happens while you're trying to achieve your career dreams. It was just really interesting to see that side of her. This is a book that I would definitely say, please go out and grab it to read. I really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm going to read it again and again. Of course, there are different chapters that I need to keep reading. Getting into it was difficult in the beginning. The first few chapters were a bit slow because I just wanted to get to know some practical things and to see if she was going to give us the tea, the real tea, or if we were going to get some, you know, watered down tea. I think I'll go back and read it a little bit slower. If you get the audiobook version, you have a really nice bonus at the end where she sort of interviews her mom and dad and you listen to the segments where the mom and dad are speaking. They actually narrate those sections themselves. So I would also urge you to get the audiobook if you can. And yeah, this is a really great read. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope you will enjoy it as well. 
I'd really like to know your thoughts on this episode or on this book if you've read it and whether you're going to read it or not and you know where to reach me on the socials. We are at podcast underscore semi. That is at podcast underscore semi, both on Instagram and on Twitter. You can send us an email if you want to send us a love note at semiscribbledpod at gmail.com. That's semiscribbledpod at gmail.com. Or leave a comment under our Instagram post. So thank you so much for joining us and I'll see you next time. Bye.